Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Torah Psych 101, where if you love Torah and you love psychology, this is the podcast you have been waiting for. I am your host, Dr. Jonathan Lassen. Let's get right into it. I want to focus this week's Torah on the tremendous power of tefillah, the power of prayer. There's a famous story about the circumstances that surround the, the birth of one of the Gedoli Ador of yesteryear, Rav Yashiv Zatzal, and his mother, who was the only daughter of the Leshem, who is a famous Makubal, she was married to a very big Talmud Chacham, and the couple were married for a pretty long time, and they didn't have any children. And they davened, they davened, and to no avail, they didn't have any children. So finally, Rav Yashiv's mother agreed to go to Warsaw to consult with one of the leading medical experts in the area of infertility. And unfortunately, he told her what everybody else was telling her, that she's never going to be able to have children. So she came back home, and she was totally heartbroken. And she wanted to not tell her father the terrible news, but she went back into the shed in the back of the house, and she started tearing up and crying and weeping, um, out of sheer frustration all those years like she thought that she was finally going to be able to have a child and finally her father heard her crying and she shared with him what the experts had told him that uh, she would never be able to have a child so the leshem gave her a bracha that not only was she going to have a child by the following year but that child would be a light to all the generations and a year later her only child was born and that was the famous Godol Rev Yosef Shalom El Yashiv, who we all know today. Um, and this story had been confirmed by Rev El Yashiv himself. And then somebody had once asked him a question why didn't the Leshem give his daughter the bracha a lot long, you know, much earlier so that she wouldn't have to go through the pain and the suffering and going to all the doctors and hearing the same prognosis over and over again? So Rev El Yashiv explained that not that that it was only after all the options, meaning every single thing was tried, all the shtadlis was was used up, um, that the tefillah could be effective. And once she felt that her only hope was a Nakadosh Baruch Hu, then the tefillah became a different type of tefillah. And that was where HaKadosh Baruch Hu used his direct intervention in order to um, allow her to have this child. So why do I speak about the power of tefillah? Obviously, we're in a very, very um, tricky matzav right now, a tricky situation. But in the wake of this week's Parsha and the circumstances that are going on, the uh, it, the things that are happening in the Middle East, so we find in Torah for Parsha's Noach, it uh, talks about, it's the, the Parsha that's brought down from Yeshaya which also happens to be the parsha of uh, the Haftorah for the Parsha's Kisitze. And what is the connection between this Haftorah and Parsha's Noach? It's referenced in the Haftorah in Sukkim Chesentes of Perak Nun Dalet. And it says, just to, to translate it, that with anger I've concealed my face from you for a moment, but with kindness that's eternal, I'm going to show you mercy. That's what Hashem said, because like the waters of Noah, shall this be for me, that just like I swore never again to pass the waters of Noah 
over the earth. I've also sworn not to be um, wrathful to you. So the question that's famously asked is, why is the Parshish Noah referred to the May Noah, the waters of Noah? Why don't you just call it the waters of the generation of Noah? It wasn't Noah's, uh, Noah's flood. So the Zohar, obviously, and many others, they uh, put Noah down for not asking mercy for the people in his generation. And the Zohar says that the flood, the Mabel, was called by Noah's name because he didn't daven well enough in order to save Kla Yisrael. However, if you were an attorney, you can make a case for Noah and say, that what was Noah supposed to do? HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to Noah himself and said that, you know, the whole nation is going to be destroyed. And who is Noah to uh, to question HaKadosh Baruch Hu's judgment and daven for him to, to, to suspend all of his plans to destroy the, the world? So, because there, there's no reason to think that that any type of tefillah is going to reverse HaKadosh Baruch Hu's um, decision to end this corruption that was going on. So, the um, the idea that, that's told over is that Noah's tefillahs could have helped, that he can be criticized for not davening because he should have davened not with the expectation that something would happen, but just davened for the sake of davening that maybe some other end result will happen. And that's really the essence of what I want to speak about today, is that we see that Noah's davening could have helped because we could see it straight from the Pesukim itself. Where does it say in the Pesukim? It says in the Pesukim, in this week's parsha that Noah built a teva to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Actually, he built a, an altar to Hashem, and he took every pure animal, every bird, every all the karbonas to the Mizbeach, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu smelled the aroma and he liked it and he said i will not continue to curse again because of any man i'm not gonna um, do any damage to people so we see that noah's davening was accepted and akadosh baruch Hu says that noah's right i'm never going to bring a flood again so we see that his tefillah did his tefillah did work i mean it was a little bit too late but uh, his tefillah did work in making sure that there was not going to be any more devastation and uh, that was going to overcome the, the Jewish people. So the Gemara, we find the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah on Daf Ches says that Rameir used to say that there were two people who once got sick with the same type of illness. Or if you have two people that committed a crime and they were convicted of the same crime, it's possible for one person to get better, the other person not to get better, or someone to get acquitted, the other one not to get acquitted. Someone's going to live, someone's going to die. So why is this the case if tefillah is tefillah? So the Gemara explains that the one who davened a complete tefillah is answered. The one who davened an incomplete tefillah was not answered. So what's pshat in a complete tefillah versus an incomplete tefillah? So obviously it must have to do with the kavana of the person that's davening. So it's unlikely for a person's mind to wander if he's out, if he's on his deathbed. Uh, we always say there's no atheists in a, in a foxhole. So the Gemara didn't mean that one of them was was spacing out during davening. So what does this mean that it was a complete tefillah versus a not complete tefillah, or tefillah shalema? So Elia Lapian explains that the uh, this is the underscores the, the power of tefillah, that the power of tefillah is that we have to believe that our tefillah is going to be answered. It might not be the answer that we're expecting or that we want, but it's going to be answered in some way or another. 
We find this also by the Kutzker Rebbe. It was the Kutzker Rebbe. It was told over that his sister was was sick and nothing was helping to her. When it was nothing was helping her. And there's a very famous story. She went to her brother, the Rebbe, and asked that he daven for her. And he looked at her and he says, what do you mean? There's nothing I could do. He slams the door in her face. And then he hears his sister starting to cry. And she says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, my own brother is not going to help me. You have to help me. So then the Kutzker Rebbe, who overheard his sister saying this, he opens the door and he says, this is exactly what I wanted to hear. It's not the Kutzker Rebbe that's going to help you or the doctors. It's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I just wanted to bring you to that realization. Once you realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only person that can help you, that is the definition, what the Kutzker says, of a tefillah shlema, of a complete tefillah. <clears throat> Baal Shem Tov also says that tefillahs are the things that stand at the rumo shalolam. <clears throat> People treat them lightly. So there are oftentimes that we find that our, our tefillahs don't have any impact. But we have to realize that they definitely have an impact somewhere, somehow. We might not realize them right now, but our tefillahs are important. So we should be mechazik, mechazik this, this uh, coming Shabbos, Parshas Noach, especially because in the Zuchus of Noach, that he davened and his tefillahs were answered eventually, that Gash Baruch Hu, uh, promised that there would never be a mabal again in the world. We should be misfalal, that our tefillah should be answered, and that there should not be a destruction of, of any people, of uh, the, the uh, Jewish people um, who are suffering so so badly in Eretz Yisrael during this matzav right now, that um, our tefillahs, we should daven, that they should be answered um, as a tefillah shlema, as a tefillah that's going to be answered because we're only relying on a Baruch Hu to answer these tefillos. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I am Dr. Jonathan Lassen, a therapist, educator, and lifelong learner. I'd love to hear your comments, thoughts, and suggestions by emailing me at jonathanlassen2018 at gmail.com. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-L-A-S-S-O-N 2018 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and learning from you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and are psyched for our next Torah Psych podcast.